Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Today, we've got part three of our conversation with University of St. Thomas men's basketball coach, John Tower, who shares how he's inspired by his wife, Chancey's courageous battle with cancer and his message for youth sports parents and to young athletes. You certainly don't want to miss his wisdom. Let's get to it. Nowadays, everyone has an opinion, experienced or inexperienced, informed or not informed. The plethora of platforms seems to make everyone comfortable letting their voice be heard. In youth sports, there are a lot of so-called experts, some self-appointed and some anointed by past success, who don't hesitate to weigh in on any and everything. But that's what intrigued me about John Tower. He's literally checked all the proverbial boxes, including a few that make him a rarity among coaches. I mean, how many coaches have a master's and a PhD, let alone in a field like social psychology? How many coaches actually teach academic classes? Then finally, Tower has literally written a book on the topic. In 2016, he published a book on youth sports, parents, and motivation titled, Why Less Is More for Wasps, Well-Intentioned, Over-Involved Sports Parents. Of course, the book features stories, but also includes research and psychological theory to explain how youth sports has gotten off track. One of his particular areas of interest is on intrinsic motivation, which is why he wrote his doctoral dissertation on the topic. He's modest and humble, but I truly believe John Tower is one of the most important voices and figures in helping to rein in many of the reckless actions and trends in and around youth sports. I know you'll understand where I'm coming from after listening to part three of our conversation. Given your success, how do you give back to the community? I think one of the things that, you know, athletes and coaches have talked a lot about being role models and dating back to Charles Barkley and he had his famous comments on we're not role models. And I think we all know whether you want to be or not, there are people who look up to athletes, to athletic programs, to universities. And so in terms of the community, you know, I think over the years we've done a number of things. We we had a reading program at local schools for several years. We're not currently doing that. And COVID has made it a little challenging this year. I think as much as anything, when I look at how we can impact the community, our summer basketball camps that we've done for the last 25 years, literally thousands and thousands of kids have come to those and they have a lot of fun. They're there to play basketball and have fun. But I think it's incumbent on us in those moments, in those morning talks, in the lunchtime speeches from coaches to try to impart lessons, because at the end of the day, uh, they're going to forget whether or not they won the five on five game on a Thursday. But if they can remember some lesson, one of my close friends who went on to play in the NBA, Bob Martin, who played for the Gophers many years ago, and Bob still talks about going to a camp and Elvin Hayes, the old NBA legend, came by and he spoke and he talked about discipline. And so here we are 40 years later and Bob still remembers what Elvin Hayes said to him at a basketball camp and Bob didn't know Elvin at all. And so that, again, I have these little little reminders in my brain when after 25 years of doing camp, you can feel like I've seen everything. What you gotta remember is you haven't seen every kid and our chance to help every kid. And so I think that part of the community is really important. 
Um, you know, over the years, our players have also tutored. My wife, Chancey, uh, co-founded a charter school in Minneapolis, Prodeo Academy, eight years ago. And so that that school is very near and dear to my heart and our hearts. It really is her passion. And working on bridging the achievement gap in Minnesota, which is among, if not the worst in the United States, sadly, that's incredibly important work. And so, I, you know, she and I are pretty simple people. So the things that we like are, are not broad. It's like basketball, psychology, and Prodeo Academy. And that's, that's about all that gets talked about in our house, quite frankly. John, we're friends on social media, and one of the things I've really admired about you is how you've supported your wife, Chansey, through her health challenges. What's been key to your guys' mindset in sort of approaching this very difficult situation for her? Yeah, well, she, I think, Sean, thank you for the kind words. I don't, I mean, Chansey's probably the toughest person I've ever met. I mean, two years ago, she was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And very young, 37 years old, which was early for that kind of diagnosis, and then fought through pretty hellish chemotherapy, inpatient chemo. And then this past April was diagnosed with breast cancer, unrelated seemingly. And so it's been a really, I mean, I won't lie to you, it's been a really tough journey. It's like a lot of tough things in life. I don't think anybody's perfect. Like there are a lot of days where I go to bed and I'm like, I need to be better. I need to be more supportive, more understanding. I think, you know, like any team, I think some of it is knowing through those tough times and the good days and the not so good days that you're there together for one another and and the family is there. I, you know, quite frankly, I'm, I'm more inspired by her every day that there was one point where a nurse asked her, she had been working, you know, while chemo's dripping into her body for like 12 straight hours. And the nurse said, do you think it's healthy that you're working this much during chemo? And, and Chancey's response was, well, this, I'm a lot happier when I'm working than if I'm just sitting there watching the chemo drip. And so, you know, just seeing her, to me, her passion and commitment to the kids in her school and the families, that I think is what carries us through a lot of times is it's knowing sort of your purpose and calling in life. And she has found that in really important work. So while I appreciate the kind words, I mean, honestly, I just, I think she's incredibly tough, tough minded and has a huge heart. And I, I try to do about 10% of what she does every day. And then I feel like I've done okay. <laughs> Well, sounds like we have something in common, John, because I certainly outkicked my coverage too. So my, my wife just endlessly just amazes me on a day-to-day -day basis. And so, uh, you know, lucky us, right? We should have them on the podcast. They'd be far more uh, interesting and entertaining for the guests. What's one message you have for youth parents today? More isn't always better. Less can be more. Love and support your kids. But I, I you know, I wrote a book a few years ago. I call them WASPs, W-O-S-P, Well-Intentioned, Over-Involved Sports Parents. And the title of the book is Why Less is More for WASPs. In the book, I look at a lot of different angles of youth sports and how it's the, kind of the history behind it, how it's evolved into what it is today. And there are a lot of great things about that, right? There are a lot of really good things about organized sports. I think a couple of the downsides, number one, kids aren't learning to just play and figure things out on their own. And so parents realizing sometimes that's okay. 
And whether that's down at the park or just my kid's not playing as much as I'd like him or her to, that's okay. Like me writing an email or calling the coach isn't always the right thing. In fact, it's the wrong thing. The better thing to do is encourage our kids. If you're not happy with your lot in life, you better figure it out because they are going to have to do that in the not too distant future. And, And so I think that probably more than anything, when I look at parents today, I see, and I see this probably the most at camp, right? Where these are eight to 15 year old kids who are getting dropped off by loving parents who want the best for them. However, you can always tell the kid who's looking over at his or her mom, sort of, they're not necessarily either there because they want to be, or they're a little anxious because mom or dad's leaving. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. It's just as parents, I think, I go back to the skin knee example. We want our kids to skin our knee a lot. The more failures, as long as they can get up and figure out how can I be a little bit better. In the book, I interviewed Joe Maurer's parents, and that's one of the chapters. And at the end of talking to Jake and Teresa, uh, who are two of the nicer people you could ever meet, but I remember thinking, that was underwhelming. I mean, as a journalist, you've done stories before where you've written them, you're like, this is gonna be great. And other times you're like, all right, that was a pleasant three-hour conversation. I don't know what I got out of that. And then I sat back for about two days and I realized (laughs) that's the beauty of it is the Mowers, what they did. There's nothing sexy about it. There's nothing elegant. It was literally telling their three sons, Jake and Billy and Joe, Joe was the baby of the three, get out of the house, go outside, go down to Jimmy Lee Rec Center, go play and be back when it's dinner time. You know, and, and so there was this no nonsense, you know, if you look at parenting, And I'm jumping around a little bit, but parenting styles, we know a lot about. Permissive parenting, dangerous for a lot of reasons. Authoritarian parenting, dangerous for other reasons. Neglectful parenting, disastrous generally. But authoritative parenting that really balances what I would say love and discipline, right? That the kid knows they're supported, but they also know there are guardrails and there are rules and our home operates under these. And so that was, you know, that's the other thing that I took from the Mowers is just their approach. It wasn't about how they were going to raise Joe Mauer, who's going to sign a $184 million contract. That had nothing to do with it. It was how are we going to raise happy, healthy boys who are well-adjusted and humble and hardworking? And in the book, I talk about Billy and Jake as the best evidence of that, that neither one of them wore a major league uniform, yet they seem happy, healthy, and well-adjusted. And so I think that's the other part as parents. The, sometimes the less we do, the better. Most parents, most humans, I don't know about you, I don't do well when I'm micromanaged. I do well when I'm sort of guided and then I gotta go make my own mistakes and learn from it. And so uh, it's, a, it's a topic obviously I feel passionate about because parenting is tough. And I always liken it that the, the night you go to bed and we've all had those where everything's perfect at home that day and you wake up and the next day is just, it's a volcano, right? And you're like, oh my, what happened here? And so that is parenting where every single day is a different challenge and you've never figured it out because the next day is going to throw you a curveball. And I think it's okay for us as parents to roll with that and sort of embrace that journey and the messiness of life yeah. is actually some of the beauty of life. John, last question for you. What's one message you try to instill in kids who look up to you? Yeah, I think it's when you're thinking about young kids trying to find their way in life, I think the message to me always centers around two things, and that would be, I'm going to boil it down to hope and hard work. You want to give them hope that your life, you can create your own life. We all have lots of choices in life, 
but there is no substitute for hard work. And there are lots of other components of it that go into that. But if, if you do that, you're going to put yourself, I think, in a position to be successful. And some of the best advice I got young out of college in trying to figure out what you're going to do in life. And, and young kids aren't always trying to do this. They're not always at that point. But I do think it's good to put this in their brain. The three things that you want to have intersect are something you love doing, you're passionate about, something you're good at, and something that you can help people. And when you think about sort of the symbiotic relationship those three things can have, but also the very virtuous cycle of if you love doing something, you're going to work hard at it. If you're already good at it, you're going to get better. And if you're helping people doing things you're already good at and passionate about, then that's going to be almost this magical formula, right? Whereas if you're doing things that are pretty selfish or things that you don't care about, that's going to be an emptier life. And so while I don't know that that always resonates entirely with young kids, I do think getting in their minds that those three things, find something you love, you're good at, and you can help people. And, you know, I know that's easier said than done, but that's where I come back then to hope and hard work, that if they have optimism that I can do this and they're willing to work tirelessly, I think that's one of the the recipes for creating a life that's um, both enjoyable, fulfilling, and meaningful. That's awesome. Well, John, thank you so much for joining me. It was just such a pleasure to talk to you. Great to be here, Sean. I've always been a huge fan of your work, and I think what you're doing now and how you're helping young people and young athletes and the messages that you're sharing with them, truly, at the end of the day, the wins and losses matter, but the the impact you're having on them, not just today, but long run in their lives is, I know it's inspiring to me and I'm a huge fan. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast, subscribe, and share. And don't forget, you can contact me through my website, seankjensen.com. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you next time.